welcome to Chasing the Peloton. I'm your host, Peter. And after a little break away from podcasting, I'm back with a brand new episode for you. I have a couple of unreleased episodes that I'm yet to put out, but hope to put out in the coming weeks. And I'm also looking for more people to speak with. So if you have someone in mind you think would be great for us to speak to on the podcast, then please reach out and suggest. My ambition with this podcast has always been about sharing the stories of people, groups, events, connected with bikes and cycling from whom we don't typically hear, with the ambition of inspiring more people to get on their bikes, find community and enjoy riding. So if you or someone you know fits this bill, then I'd love to hear from you. And this brings me nicely to my first guest of this, let's call it, new season of podcasts. She is Leanne van Leeuwen, who is a Dutch photographer and cyclist, but she's also involved in a really great organization called Shift Cycling Culture, who are advocating for cyclists and cycling brands to act more responsibly in the face of the imminent threat from the changing climate. Leanne and I met back in June at the Migration Gravel Race, where she was the official photographer of that race. Fast forward a few months, and here we are reconnecting virtually. And we start our conversation by talking about all the exciting and interesting places she's traveled to on her projects connected with her cycling and photography. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Well, cycling and your kind of your your role within certain projects has has taken you to all sorts of different places. But yeah, yeah. but this well, yeah, you you must have been to some cool places. But I mean, does it get does it ever get old? No, and I mean it's it's not that much. You know, like I, there, I had to say during COVID, I I kind of kept on traveling in a way. Looking back, because I was in Atlas, which was one of the yeah final like normal regular yeah. uh, events going on before everything shut down for the first time uh, so that was like already like a very um, uh, yeah sort of lucky lucky one mm. and then during we of course went to Kenya for the recce uh, which yeah. was quite qu- crazy that we managed to do that but we just yeah. did um went to kenya for the race went to switzerland for the film i'm making for shift um so i mean all in all, it was, and even like shoots for, for Pellet, et cetera, uh, you know, a bit less exotic, but beautiful places in Italy, or uh, it's just like, man, I've kind of just, you know, continued doing stuff. So I'm super lucky, super lucky. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And it's also, I mean, I like to go somewhere with a, with a purpose uh, rather than just traveling. I did a lot of traveling when I was younger, which was great, but it's, I really like just going there for, a, a good reason for specifically but i mean just going there is great so yeah yeah we've yeah. kind of jumped into it first of all i want to say yeah, thank yeah. you for taking <laughs> taking the time to speak with me um, of i really course. appreciate it um and and yeah you talking about all these amazing places that you've been to even in just the last 18 months connected broadly with cycling and a purpose yeah. behind it but i kind of want to go back well maybe to the beginning or a little bit further in terms of how did it all start? Was it cycling? Was it um, more on the, the photography and the filming side? But kind of where did this journey begin for you that's, that's got you to the place where you're going to all these incredible places to, to take part in some really um, not just 
cool but also important stuff we'll talk about shift and the, and the cracked earth film at, at some point but um yeah how did you get to the way yeah. you are now yeah it's the funny thing is that a common um nominator is that how you say it well it, it is cycling actually i wasn't a photographer i wasn't a writer i wasn't anything of the stuff well some of the stuff i'm doing now are very much related to it but not in this form um and just I, I just I used to travel quite a lot uh, by myself um, just through working and then having one big trip a year to go to places. I uh, love the adventure of it, loved, loved going to, to different countries. Um, and that kind of, you know, I became a parent and, and work, et cetera, came in there. So that was less frequent. Uh, and then I kind of found that I needed that adventure and, and freedom and, and exploration in a way. Mm-hmm. I was missing that and missing being outside. And so I kind of started riding my bike. I mean, as a Dutchie, we ride our bikes, of course. We commute and we we do that from a young age on. Uh, But just in a different way, just exploring, really. And even in, as you, as everyone probably knows, who's listening to this podcast, just even a couple of hours can do that for you. Oh, yeah. And uh, so that was like such a, such a, revelation basically that i was like oh man i can just go out for two hours find new little roads or or like a a a lane in a park even sometimes or it could be the early morning uh, that is beautiful while you're just riding through the city that you know so it's all that kind of stuff really really gave me so much that i was missing uh before a little um so yeah that's kind of how it evolved and then uh, through that, I started to uh, basically um, capture where I was riding, and that's right. where the photography came in. Um, started with the iPhone, moving into a little camera that I bring, still I'm bringing it when I'm riding myself. Mm. Um, yeah, and and from there on, uh, getting more interest in in um, definitely endurance racing or or riding because I I love the longer longer riding uh compared to just going faster or competitive riding yeah and then yeah so so that's kind of how it evolved it's really yeah all all out of cycling yeah and just with an iphone and your bike to begin with kind of like how how long did it take what what what's take me on that journey of kind of starting out to on your bike and then starting taking pictures and then progressing to the point where people are inviting you on their events to take photos professionally kind of what's how long did that take and what was the progression was it kind of you got noticed for your your pictures well and your videos not or? with my not with my iphone stuff no, no. <laughs> course, yeah. I mean, you can although you can make nice photo, photos with your phone sometimes it's uh but i mean it, it, it the 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 way it went was that i got interested in endurance riding more and more just on a personal riding level as a cyclist uh, so my the transcontinental caught my eye, of course, um, yeah. and I was super interested in it. And I was like, maybe, definitely not now, but maybe in the future, mm-hmm. I could participate at some point, maybe. Um, and then uh, what I did was, Mike was still alive at that point. Uh, what I did was just reach out and say, look, um, the starts in in uh, Gerardsbergen in Belgium, which is like mm-hmm. a two hour uh, drive ride from well not ride but drive from uh, from where i live in rotterdam um and i just said i want to i want to volunteer because if you volunteer it's easier to get into the race afterwards as well so and then i kind of 
at the bottom of the email said, I also shoot pictures sometimes. And I was doing some crit racing, et cetera, just for fun, just yeah. capturing that. And, uh, um, and then they came back and said, well, that would be really great if you could shoot the, the start of this uh, in Gerardsberg uh, as a volunteer. And I was like, okay, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's good. So I kind of, I just volunteered in that way and, and um, met uh, Camille Millen, who, who people might know as well from Further, et cetera, over there. And um, yeah, kind of got into that endurance riding and, and, and race photography via that very yeah um uh accidental way basically i mean yeah. like i said i was shooting races i was doing something for teams sometimes it was always on the side it's not my main job uh but doing that was such a you know the vibe of of that event or these kind of events really spoke to me and i found out during uh the last couple of years that it's not the cycling per se that i'm shooting but i love what it does with people and kind of capturing the emotion that comes with yeah. it and and well, there's 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 few places where that's so um, apparent and so present as with these like super intense uh, events for people, yeah. and they go through journeys, and and just capturing that is just is I feel is is really uh, amazing. So um, yeah, so that that's the first one basically. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, you're completely right. I remember the end of the migration gravel race just being completely. I don't know what could be completely engrossed in it and then such a I don't know whether it's relief or just um exhaustion but this whole combination it kind of it strips away any facade and then you're there at the point kind of like to <laughs> to capture people in their most like <laughs> I was gonna say vulnerable but kind of in their most <laughs> yeah, almost it's, yeah, yeah. It's sometimes it's it's sometimes it feels a bit like I really what I hate is is kind of being on top of you know feeling like a vulture basically on on trying to trying to kind of get something out of people's sometimes like rough emotions really yeah, yeah but I try to do that with respect and I try to also because I love the racing itself or the riding itself not the mm. racing but the riding itself and I I know the things you go through on a you know on a more simple level like I said I haven't done uh, multiple uh weeks basically of racing but i did mm. do multiple days etc which were really rough and um and so you kind of recognize that really and 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 can really um feel with them uh so yeah. it's it doesn't feel like i'm for me it doesn't feel like i'm intruding i probably will be sometimes but i try to do that with respect and and when i just to come back to what you just said i I love when i was shooting the the finish to the transcontinental a couple of years later um in Greece it was amazing to see the, the the ways people came in. I was lucky enough to be at the finish. Yeah. And then some, I, I wrote this little thing about it as well, because some were, um, you know, like they just did a, I don't know, ride around the block, basically. Some were completely somewhere else, and it took them like hours to kind of land and come back. Mm. Some were broken to, down to, to, you know, yeah, it was just so different, like such different, experiences for everyone finishing and that was super interesting to see as well yeah. yeah and i guess also regardless of where they it's not necessarily a race per se it's, yeah it's like yeah, like true. the guy that came first or the girl that came first may be the person that's completely broken and the person that comes in 20th is the one that looks like they just went for a ride it kind of yeah these endurance yeah. type races um cr cover the spectrum of emotions and feelings yeah. and and it's much more of a personal challenge and it means 
and it affects people in, in very different ways. Yeah, definitely true. Yeah. And what you just said about um, uh, you having come at it from it as a cyclist, you're much more easily able to empathize with with the riders. How much um, does it does it do you still get out much on your bike? Do you still like when you're photographing these things? Do you get a, a, like a bit of FOMO in terms of oh, I wish I was doing it, or do yeah. you still get to kind of <laughs> scratch that itch? <laughs> Well, I have to be very honest that like in the last year, I haven't been riding that much because uh, like I said, cycling is very much about exploration for me and adventure. Um, and I get that from the longer or weirder or night rides or whatever you can imagine. Yeah, yeah. Even in the Netherlands still, there's so much to explore. Uh, but what I did find really hard was the, um, well, I didn't, I never did training rides, but just your local rides around the block for mm. an hour and a half, two hours, three hours. Uh, that started to become stale really, because it was always this, you, at some point after like five, six years of really intense riding, you know, it all in your yeah. area. Um, uh, and then on top of just normal life and, 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 uh, like I said, I'm a, I'm a parent and, Having that was the motive to get the motivation was quite hard. Uh, never for the big ones, but you need kind of the the, the smaller ones and yeah, <laughs> continuous yeah. ones to kind of really enjoy the the bigger ride. So it's been a bit less, and I have to say I'm really happy to be back at least on a, on the trainer for now. Like so, just to and and for the first time in a, in the year or maybe even a year and a half that I really am am enjoying doing that so yeah. to getting getting kind of that basic fitness in to do the stuff that i really like mm. so it's 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 going the right way again but for, yeah to get back to what you said the itch is super there <laughs> i find it sometimes hard that i moved into the photography because although i get to experience the places i don't get to experience them from the bike and sometimes it's just like i wish i was riding here yeah but uh, I mean, on the other hand, I still do that. We we like last year, even uh, or this summer, actually, uh, we we did a um, uh, a trip along the which was linked to shift uh, uh, a trip along the future coastline of the Netherlands, right. um, which was from north to south uh, via an imaginary line. But kind of the yeah, if if the level sea level would rise, uh, would kind of be the new coastline. Um, and that was, you know, I really, really enjoyed that again. And and that's the the, the kind of writing that I love to do. And uh, yeah, looking forward well, to it. It's an adventure, more. isn't it? And it's yeah, something that hasn't yeah. really been done before by someone else. It's kind of, I yeah. guess it would take you, maybe it takes you to places that loads of people go, but kind of you're looking at it through a different yeah. lens and you're connecting it with different points. I think that's the beauty with a bike, particular bike that you can take off road is that... It, it takes you to places that you, I guess, even in the Netherlands, which is so densely populated that you can, you can feel like you're the only person there or you're, you're discovering something that, that not many other people have experienced. Yeah. yeah it's funny because I mean, you, in the Netherlands, you have to plan to, to do that because otherwise you, you know, it, it, we do have beautiful pockets of nature and like mm. very varied, uh, but it's so small that if you don't plan your route really well then you end up in the next village within 5k yeah. um but what for instance a friend of mine who's a really good route builder um he made this route for us at some point 320k was which we did during the night mostly and that was kind of all off-road through national parks uh and then just 
doing that like don't yeah well hardly seeing any any man-made structures basically yeah. uh while nature is of course a big word for what we have in the Netherlands but I mean it's beautiful and it was it was just you know like I said if you if you know where to go or if mm. you can connect those little pockets that are beautiful then it's it's nice riding for sure yeah, mm. yeah. so you mentioned that ride was uh following this imaginary path of what the, the future coastline of the Netherlands would look like, and that brings us nicely onto um, shift or shift cycling culture, and what what you set out to do with that in in founding this this organisation. Um, perhaps you could take us back to how it came about and how you started. Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, I, for my professional job, I was working uh, on a lot of projects that had to do with sustainability and food, which is super interesting, super complex, but doing a lot of campaigns and, and events around that and, and trying to make that more sustainable. Um, and as I started cycling more, more, um, more often and, and, and getting really into that kind of community and, and race riding, et cetera, and meeting people from all over Europe via socials, et cetera, and, and some events. And mm. um, I just started to realize that it wasn't a conversation at all on, uh, well, sustainability in general, but definitely not how stuff was made within the industry or, or how yeah. we consume or, or cycling is super um, trend sensitive. So it's like new, new, new all the time. It's yeah. like fashion, really. Um, so it was just it started really with asking questions because it was such a I was just curious how that worked because I mm. felt like, you know, people are very connected to where they ride. It's also what we really um yeah where shift comes from it's like we're riding in this environment and of course even you know people that are really in competitive cycling might not experience that as much but most of them have started like that the freedom yeah. and the going outside and the the experience of, of of that riding uh in nature usually or at least uh at least out uh outdoors um so when i started asking questions with you know just people I knew from, from also working in the industry sometimes, but became cycling friends. Uh, everyone was like, Oh yeah, I kind of never thought about it. Uh, it's, it's kind of a good question. Um, yeah, right. So going from there, I, I, I was thinking, how can I kind of throw this just out there and let other people's uh, people take, take it on or, or kind of do something with it. Um, mm. uh, so that the, the first, the initial idea was to make a kind of an article series out of that or, or just write this little blog, which I did, and, and kind of see how uh, how we could just ask a question more publicly, basically. Um, but yeah, one thing led to another, and and after speaking to a couple of friends of mine within the cycling industry, we were like, maybe we should just get together and see how we can kind of be those fire starters rather yeah. than let someone else uh, pick it up. Uh, so yeah, that's where the 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 foundation, what it is now, originated. Really, yeah. And it's quite interesting because, like, what you said about cycling as fashion, I think cycling can come across because of its green credentials. It's already pretty green. You're not burning fossil fuels to go cycling, so um, it's already better than a lot of other things. So you don't need to worry about buying a new kit every year because it because the trends have changed, or buying a new bike or upgrading your bike. But all these things have have costs associated with them. And, and is it primarily around um, the the consumption of, let's say, raw materials in, in terms of that impact or is it other things as well? 
It's definitely other things. I mean, it's yeah. it's all part of the same same issue, of course. And um, the thing is that it's it's a very interesting one that hasn't been spoken about that much. Uh, like you say, the bike is is a is a great tool, and it, and if it's an alternative to the to the car, it's it's amazing. Yeah, it's a green alternative. But for one, that's already been um, discussed a lot, and it's a very positive thing. But it's also very simple. The more people we get on bikes, the more stuff needs to be made. And if you know a little bit more about uh, environmental impact and 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 where uh, that comes from, it's very much uh, the production of stuff that yeah. is the biggest has the biggest impact. So it's it's. I mean, there's a lot of things that could be done better. And 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 I don't know. Transport, for instance, is of course a big one, etc. But like the the actual production of stuff is eighty percent of the impact for an industry. Yeah. So it is a very interesting and, and important uh, part of it. Um, that said, uh, I feel, and I think that's where where the original uh, idea came from for me is that I feel that we as a community have. Um, it's quite a, a strong community, I think, cyclists that are more on a lifestyle sport level, not the commuter in general, but uh, um, that community has a voice and we're very much connected to the environment. So I feel we're in the well ultimate position to be speaking up about this. And that goes beyond just how we produce and consume things that goes goes like also very much about the the big issue uh, of climate change in general uh, that we're facing uh, as humanity, really. Um, So I feel like using that voice uh, and then, of course, looking at our own impact, but also looking at how important it is to um, change the system like uh, as humans and as uh, yeah on a global level is 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 of course super big and and conceptual but it's it's what lies behind this as well and um uh, yeah and i think like i said i think our community has like a has a strong voice and also has a good reason to to be kind of advocating um, yeah to do more that's that's uh yeah so what are your aspirations for um for shift if if we have this conversation in, let's say, five years' time, if, if you and I sit down and I ask you, okay, what's been your biggest success? If, if in an ideal world, what would be your, your, your dream answer to that? Yeah, that's, that's a good one. We always jokingly, half-jokingly say, because Shift now is, is a team of three um, uh, and even four because we, we uh, got someone on board to help us a little as well. Uh, but we also jokingly, always jokingly say that we, like in 10 years time, we do not exist anymore because that would be great because <laughs> there's no, no advocacy or no, um, yeah, uh, action really needed because we're all perfect as an industry and community and which is likely not true, but um, uh, that is the long-term goal. Um, I think for, if you say what, what our aspirations are for, for the next five years is, is definitely the last year we've been really pushing hard on engaging the industry uh i'll get to community later because i i feel that needs uh yeah uh, some more explanation as well but um uh trying to get industry uh to start taking steps to reduce their impact and Mm. uh, to reduce their emissions basically the greenhouse gas emissions Mm. and what we love is that we about a year ago we started with an online meetup uh thanks to covid it was online so in the end that's also like a little bit of a good thing 
because we had like a hundred people coming from from a, a say sixty to eighty brands uh, or companies worldwide from the cycling industry, mm. just kind of feeling on a personal level they should be doing something as a company, but didn't dare to start or didn't know how mm. or didn't know where or, and that was such a good thing to see because these people were usually like middle man- management kind of well yeah or or just um own the company smaller company etc yeah. but different levels uh and and they felt like they really wanted to be part of this and 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 were open and vulnerable enough to say look we actually don't know where we should start yeah and some of course were already on that journey but it was still very much i mean the cycling industry is very much behind on that on a lot of other industries so from that we started to organize meetups and uh on specific topics that people wanted to learn more about but also what we got from that meeting was that a lot of people said we want to change but our board or our ceo is not on board with this because yeah. they just don't well the penny didn't drop yet so to speak um, and we took that on uh, to also just invite, very informally invite CEOs uh, to come on board for a bi-monthly meetup uh, to discuss that. And again, it was lovely to see that uh, some of these companies and CEOs on a personal level just were very much at the start of this uh, journey and kind of realization of oh wait as business leaders we we have a a, a responsibility in this yeah. as well um but through the discussing that we really engaged like on different levels engaged a lot of a lot of companies within the cycling industry and i think um that already is feels like a success and i think yeah. um yeah it, i mean i hope we can kind of build on that because because we really just started build on that for the next five years um well you said five so yeah well maybe longer <laughs> but, uh, Ten, yeah 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 but um and then and then for for a cyclist worldwide to really kind of help with that push and also help like i said bring the voice of cycling into this conversation on a, on a, on a wider level basically so it's i mean that's still i get that that's sort of abstract but um it's what we set out to do we shift and i feel that we're uh, we are, st- and it's not just us, but definitely help move, start moving things in the right direction. So it's yeah. about promoting a, a kind of a mindset mindset shift yeah, within definitely. the leaders within these organizations. Quick question on that kind of, they're coming to you saying, um, we feel like we need to be doing something or we're motivated to doing something, but we don't know what to do. Kind of what expertise then are you providing to them? Are you then bringing in, I don't know, advocates for sustainable production or or other is it is it kind of like a peer exchange or is it a kind of an expert exchange is it is it something a combination of all of that yeah it's a it's a combination i guess because because those bi-monthly meetings with ceos we brought in expertise from outside of cycling uh on the topic of sustainability or or policies or um to kind of wake them up really sometimes yeah. even um so that was really building the knowledge and building the uh yeah the, the the feeling of urgency basically like we we it's also like a business risk really climate climate change it's not it's you know even if you yeah. look at it from that perspective it's just with less water you will be able you won't be able to produce a lot of stuff for instance and yeah. or with less energy in general or or um really you know 
uh, fossil fuel prices yeah. or, or whatever. Or, yeah. yeah. So even even if you're not like intrinsically motivated as a business, you will need to deal with this, uh, which is in a way a good thing is then, you know, even people that are less open to the human side of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, I have to say that the ones that were on board were definitely on the uh, on the more uh, personal scale of that. But um mm. But it, it so it's it, we brought in knowledge for sure, but then also um, now we have uh, just launched a climate commitment for the industry, uh, which yeah. really starts to break it down in steps and say these are the things that you can start with, which is very basic still, I have to say, um, and then we will progress from there. Mm. So uh, it really gives them. Um, what should I do? An answer to yeah. what should I do? And then now we do get, of course, but where do I start? Uh, and that's where we can kind of uh, collaborate with other uh, organizations or a lot of it is already uh, uh, kind of, um, uh, we can lay out like in, in, in frequently asked questions, kind of a document where, where people can kind of go to and, and see where they start measuring, for instance, because that's yeah. definitely one First of the biggest kind ones. Of, yeah, carbon yeah. footprinting and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you mentioned the commitment and I, I saw it was a couple of weeks ago, I guess you lined it up with COP26 as well around this CEO commitment. What I thought was really cool with that was kind of you'd see competing brands or maybe not necessarily competing brands, but like people like organizations from within the industry that wouldn't necessarily be associated with each other, but all coming together on this, I think. That must be quite satisfying to see that people are willing to, I mean, I'm not necessarily they've got diff, put aside their differences or something like that, but people actually are willing to be publicly um, signed on to this at the highest levels within some of the biggest organizations around, but also side by side with potentially their competitors as well. Yeah, yeah, that that's definitely satisfying. And I think what I do try to realize all the time uh, is... Uh, a lot of the people within the cycling working within the cycling industry are actual you know they're people <laughs> for oh, yeah. one with kids with a family with with mm. you know cares for the future but also cyclists a lot of the time and they kind of also definitely not all of course and 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 i get that and but i mean you do have to realize that they are part of our community as well most of the time and they kind yeah. of share that that uh those worries or or like i said the the love for the environment uh, that they ride in so um i feel that this in a way yeah kind of helped and and i mean um it's hard to say you know speaking up about this is 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 a first step and it's hard to say of course uh, we're looking into you know collaborating uh projects as well where where brands that are literally competing kind of uh, get together to, for instance, uh, uh, yeah, um, approach a supplier to to do things in a better way, because yeah. Uh, yeah, the 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 companies and the manufacturers that really make the stuff are the are where, is where the real impact lies. Uh, so I, I do see some change there, and and we had conversations about that with with many of the people that we had on the meetings, saying like that that's what they really loved. That this was like one of the first times that they you know, really try to uh, come together as an industry and, and also really see that because that was the, the conclusion from, from the CEO uh, meetup where this climate commitment came from, saying we see that we can't uh, just be working on this as a company. We need to get together as an industry. 
and that's a huge win i feel oh yeah uh, as as a step to towards uh doing things in a better way yeah talking of wins as well have you got any any stories of of success as well from on the within some of the organizations that you've worked with or is it it's still early days but no yeah i think so because one of the one of the founding signatories for instance um ceo said this these conversations and and this whole process has given me the leverage to bring this for the first time bring this into a board meeting and that's like a huge multinational um where they now committed to these first steps so that's one what i also find really funny as an example and was lovely to see is that we also organize uh, workshops uh, around circular design or or um yeah other kinds of things as well but those were product developers for instance um yeah. and then you know from our side we were you can uh present this to your CEO because he's in our, you know, meeting group as well. And they were like, yeah, you know, it's not, it's a huge company. It's not that I email my CEO like, oh, I'm working on this. And, and we kind of connected within a certain company, connected that middle management level yeah. that are, you know, with a great idea on how to improve a product, kind of connect them to the CEO directly and said yeah. like, these guys within your company are doing great stuff. So that's, I love that. It's, Yeah. Yeah. It's also funny that, that this is this is what my part of my passion is about is is making organizations more effective. It's funny that it takes someone from the outside <laughs> yeah. to to connect two people within the same organization um, yeah. with great ideas that are going to make a difference. But I think there's a broader topic that we could certainly get into around culture um, within organizations that, that yeah. prevents these things from happening. Um, and a lot of it comes from leadership. Um, so it's really cool to see that you're managing to get these leaders on board and committed, but also um, advocating then within their organization and feeling empowered to bring this topic up. And I think uh, if you're going to change an organization, then you need to start at the top. And I think, yeah, you're onto a good way. You also mentioned about the community and shift. Um, yeah. And that kind of brings me on to uh, also the the film that you guys are making and kind of what that's about and, and what you hope to achieve with that. Yeah, it's it's been a, a project for, for a while now, but I mean, we're a very small team doing everything uh, on the side, so to speak, which is not really true anymore because it's, yeah. it's more than on the side, but I mean, uh, just to give you a bit of a perspective. Um, the film is, is definitely something that we hope will, uh, yeah, reach, to, reach more cyclists. I mean, uh, there, there's, of course, a core and coming from the cycling industry, or well, not industry, but community myself. Uh, there is a network, like I said, I feel like it's quite like a close global network of, of, of people that love to do the same thing. Um, but it was, yeah, I hope the film will help us reach more people and also create more awareness around the fact that we, you know, it's it's an urgent issue it's not something that we will um encounter 50 years from now or 20 years from now it's already yeah. like happening as we speak so the film um that we uh had a, a successful crowdfunding for which was really good because now we could really actually finish it um we'll be focusing on three locations where climate change or the effects of climate change are already really present mm. sometimes less visible visible but really present um, and then from the perspective of uh, of us as cyclists, basically. So um, 
it's really in some cases we went to Australia. Well, I think that's the most obvious one. Um, There is an actual like yearly or annual problem of bushfires and and heat and drought and uh, that really affects uh, uh, anyone that lives there, basically. Um, So that's a very obvious one. But one of the other storylines is in the Netherlands where uh, sea level rise might, you know, most people feel like, well, you're really good at managing water and and building dikes and uh, keep the water out, it's totally fine. Um, which is up to a point is true. We're great innovators in that, but um, there's a lot more to it than you might know. And then I, for instance, knew uh, part of it. I knew from my food experience, but uh, we get way more salty uh, soil. Um, We actually have droughts because we, like a lot of places in the world, uh, have the same amount of rainfall or downpour, but but in way more heavy how do you say that? Um, yeah, quantities like, like a, it's, yeah. it's a lot more. Yeah. It's a lot less predictable, and when it yeah. happens, um, it comes in one go, and then it's yeah. gone for a, lo- yeah. a long period and, of time. I mean, apart from flooding and, and all that kind of stuff, it's also really affecting uh, the soil again, uh, or uh, or uh, uh, um, building houses or or anything. It, it just really goes very deep into issues that we're already facing, and um, yeah. so. I mean, as like I said, as cyclists, and I think um, the ones that we spoke to uh, for that film in in Switzerland and Australia and the Netherlands, um, people do start to get really worried in those areas because they do experience, and like I said, not sometimes not on a daily basis, but definitely um, for the bigger picture or or every year, basically mm. seeing changes happening and faster and faster, more extremes. So. Um, yeah, the, the film will be focusing on that, and I, I really can't wait to release it. It will be early next year. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, finally getting to, uh, to a place where we can finish it, which is great. Um, and, uh, yeah, definitely I hope, and that's that's coming to community and, and, and what we as Shift kind of can bring to the table for that is, is um, creating that awareness, but also giving uh, opportunities to do that locally if if you feel like you want to want to be involved and uh for one for instance organizing a screening around the film or or yeah. uh organizing one of the um kind of e- e- events basically that we uh, line up and uh, on our website um that's all about just you know getting more people to think about this and think about their connection with uh with nature as a cyclist mm. yeah so if someone's listening and they feel uh, that something that you've said is, is spoken to them or connected with them, and they want to do more or get involved, um, like like these these CEOs and these people in these companies that are coming to you and saying, "I know it's an issue, I care about it, and I want to do more about it, but I don't know where to start." What, what would you say to people? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a good question. It's also a bit of a hard question because um, what you can do as an individual is only so much of course uh because it's your your own individual choices uh are super important and and uh can really um help sometimes just by inspiring others uh um so you can it's really good to look at your own patterns of um uh, well eating uh for instance uh eating meat is is actually one of the biggest impacts that you have as an individual or dairy and meat uh, but the flying or the yeah. or the the consuming less or or just 
yeah, thinking about your choices as a consumer. Of course, we need stuff, but do we need all the stuff? Those things are all super important, of course. But what we do try to really uh, get across is that it's not the individual choices that make or break your your involvement in in, in climate action. Because uh, what what I find and and what is actually happening in the big bad world is that companies try to push it to individual level uh, a lot and say you yeah. can change this uh, while they have to change it and that's like bigger bodies as governments and and companies are where the impact lies it's just that simple we can have an effect we can have choices we can make choices we can choose where we put our money and we can choose where we mm. put our time but that's not where the the system will change basically so i really one of my biggest ones is don't feel afraid to speak up about this even if you're not perfect because no one of us none of us is perfect yeah and even if we are perfect we're not gonna turn the dial that's it that's it so so don't feel you know don't feel like you will be judged when when you say okay you know i choose to do this but i don't choose that or or i i find this important but i'm not perfect in my life i'm not perfect i fly still fly the world usually for you know better purposes in a way but still you know that kind of stuff is just happening and i i and it's part of who we are but finger pointing is not getting us anywhere uh except for if we're finger pointing a little to, <laughs> to where the real impact yeah. lies yeah, yeah so i feel that's one of the things that i really really want to say to people um and apart from that i feel like i said just getting together around this and using our voice on a local level but also as a community globally is where we can actually make a difference because if we speak up loud enough then mm. uh, and it, it doesn't have to be like in a in a in a kind of a nasty way it can be like in a positive way but if we speak up loud enough on on this is important for us that will actually kind of help move move the dial and um we see that now with it with the industry you know just one company um uh, is is maybe has been working on it for 10 years but now yeah. just getting uh, a bigger group together and like a, a full industry together will kind of help even the ones that are not interested or not involved will kind of help to bring them along mm. uh during yeah in, on that path basically yeah. yeah and if you can encourage their customers or their potential customers on the the other end to be asking then you kind of <laughs> I mean, I was going to say manipulating is not the case, but you're kind of like you're, you're, lay, you're, you're yeah. laying you're laying bare kind of like the facts both to the the decision makers and the people. Like if 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 an organization actually cares about what their customers want, you're 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 not only um, informing and empowering the organizations, but you're in, you're hopefully in informing and empowering the individuals to be asking for the right things. And I think yeah, um, yeah. if people can start to connect with their local community but also like their local area and and be more thoughtful around that um that's a starting point i think yeah you 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 can take it for granted where you ride if you ride in particularly beautiful places or in nature or whatever else like that and i think what we're seeing in certain parts i mean whether it's wildfires or floodings or droughts or whatever else like that, I think more and more people are going to get individually impacted by it. And then at that point, it's going to be like, right, okay, um, hang on a minute. I used to be able to ride along here, but but now it's underwater. I used to be able to ride along here, but it's been washed away or, or something like that. And then potentially that's already too late. But I think 
like you just alluded to with a film, if you can start to tell these personal stories from where it's already happening, then it might get people to sit up and think a little bit more about, well, this could this could happen to me. I think the Dutch example was a great one because you kind of, oh, we're great at managing water, but actually in reality, it's not just sea level rise coming over the top of the yeah, <laughs> the dams yeah. and the, the water protection that's been built. It's, it's a whole host of other effects um, that come as a result of, of rising temperature levels. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And to, to get back to, to, you know, kind of the peer pressure uh, you referred to, I think that's actually a really good, good thing because um, apart from cyclists, we're also just citizens and, and humans. And uh, one, one uh, scientist that's actually in the film said it really well. She said, uh, I get a lot of friends and like, yeah, but I don't have any, you know, money to put anywhere. And she said, most of us are built like buying a house that's a huge amount of money it's your choice where you kind of do that and and which kind of bank or which so if you look at it that way you can definitely see i mean that's also the world we're living in but but any dollar or or euro or or pound that you spend um you can make the choice to spend it well and yeah of course spend less but definitely if you do spend it spend it well and i think those kind of um signals basically because if yeah. we all do that um the companies that are really really improving and, and trying their best and and get kind of rewarded for it that will help uh either way mm. you look at it that will help to change an industry as well and and i think for the climate commitment that's one of the things that i want to share quickly is that we we also have a little toolkit on the website um for a for the community uh, that if you want to have your favorite brand to commit to this, you mm. can um, kind of tag them or email them. And we have this little toolkit to to help you with that, to just say, look, uh, I want you to commit to this. So mm. it would be great if if people would, uh, would want to join in that. And it's, it's of course, like a little, little thing. But I mean, just putting that um, voice out again is, is yeah. super important because, yeah, if in that sense, customers do have have uh power you know it's it's just uh it's just how it is yeah yeah and also looking at it's not just um, looking at a website it's not just about the climate commitment but you also have things around um cleanup rights and yeah. gear swaps and measuring your impact and, and and this kind of stuff so i think yeah um if there's there's a lot of resources <laughs> that you already have out there that people can access and i think things like organizing a cleanup ride in your local area it, it you might be like well it's not going to change anything but actually the the mindset yeah that you put behind that and also the the visibility that has if you do it if you, if you start to say okay every month we're going to go out and do that then in some small way people are going to see that and people are going to start to think differently and also it is going to change your your attitude as well perhaps so yeah it's, it's, it's these yeah. small local steps that that hopefully will scale through the work that you're doing and, and also additional visibility. And then on the, the other end, connecting that to organizations that, and, and brands and companies that actually want to do something about it, showing that their customers and also the cycling community actually cares about this. Yeah, definitely true. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's us chipping away. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I hope I, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I think, it's incredible what you're what you're doing and it's necessary and it comes at the the right time as well i think um you're very well placed now i think 
maybe the commitments from COP26 aren't necessarily where they need to be. But yeah, I, I think <laughs> you can see there's an attitude change slightly within. It's kind of, it's no longer you can deny. I mean, for a while, people have been denying. But I think it's almost, if you're if you're denying that there's a problem, then you know there's a problem, but you're outwardly denying it because doing something about it doesn't benefit you or is too difficult. I think there are no longer, no longer anyone's like, no, no, it isn't a thing. It doesn't matter. It's yeah. Kind of, I think, yeah. and I think the, 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 the global community now recognizes it, it is a problem, like almost unilaterally. Then it's more, okay, what's your perspective on it rather than denying yeah. it. I think there is, yeah, a, totally a, true. Yeah, there is a groundswell of, of sentiment now. It's just, how do you start to channel that into positive action? And then, if 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 people go a certain direction, then they're gonna then hopefully they're gonna pull institutions and, and governments and organizations along with them. But yeah, and the ones that are still, you know, yeah, it's, I I totally agree, and I think that's where my kind of half of glass half full attitude always comes from. I you do it's sometimes it's way too slow. Right now it's also way too slow, but you do see a change of a perspective in in like a, a much wider uh global community because it's i mean yeah. it's definitely not just uh, the western world frankly i mean so it, it, you you see those changes and what i always try to do for myself if i get really overwhelmed <laughs> with the you know the steps that are way too small and and the, the tempo is way too too well anything but then i look at how some of the biggest changes that we had over the last few generations actually only took one generation yeah because i mean if you look at the digital revolution for instance that started in my lifetime even yeah. which is crazy to think about but so it's it's like you and an industrial revolution and which is well turns out not to be the best one no. but anyway in a way as well but so but the I way technologies have exponentially yeah, developed in even just the last 20 years yeah uh, crazy if, if, yeah. if we put our attitude like <laughs> The way the iPhone's developed in its 10 years. There you go. It's, it's so we can years. do it, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just need to put it in a shiny, cool package. Yeah, no, that's exactly true. And I think that that, that gives me hope, sort of, because I feel like, look at how that changed in, in really just a few decades. That's yeah. just, and worldwide, it just changed our lives, our, 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 our planet, really. So, I mean, stuff can go fast. I think you and the team at Shift are doing a really good job. And so thank you for that. And thank you also for thank talking you. to me today, Leanne. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Really, really uh, 